try it one more time. Now. Well, it's looking better on the thing. Looking better on the ones and twos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Better, better. 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 Much better. Yes, better. Right, ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Conversations in Conversations. I'm Clara. And I'm Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Clara. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Actually, okay, that's kind of half a lie. Oh, no. I am devastated. <laughs> okay. Let's I, real quick. Tell me. I am devastated. I am... I, I have lost someone very, something very close to me. <laughs> no, I'm nervous. Diet Coke now tastes like dirt. Oh, yeah. <sighs> COVID. You stole, you stole the biggest love of Alex's. Stole my one true love. <laughs> but yeah, here you are drinking it. This is Dr. Pepper. Oh, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is the only thing. Dr. Pepper still slaps. It still slaps. <laughs> it still tastes the same. Great. Well, but Diet Coke tastes like chemicals and uh, dirt. Well, it's always tasted like that to me, so... And it tastes like dirt. And, and your eyes have just been opened. Maybe, but I'm very sad because there was nothing, and here, nothing I enjoyed better than an ice-cold Diet what Coke. finally gets you to admit that you had COVID when I told you you should. Fine. Was that Diet Coke? I didn't. Taste like trash. The <laughs> trashiest like of all sodas. Dirt. And I was angry. Yeah, well. So I had Brian test it too, and I was like, does this taste weird? And he goes, no, one. it tastes the same. And I was like, okay, fine. To me, it tastes like dirt. Dirt, Time. I tell you. Well, maybe it'll come back. I feel like that's I, only temporary. You know, I hope so. So I'll keep trying for as long as I can because yeah. I, there's nothing I loved more than a really cold oh, day. No, Dr. Nice. Pepper is my number two favorite number soda, two. Okay, so we still which is now two. jumping into the number one spot. Oh, man. Can't, I can't even know the last time I had a doctor. Would you like sip? Doctor, kind of. It's just a regular old Dr. Pepper. It's not, no diet. It's a little flat, but... Yep, that's what I remember. Yeah. Trash? Trash. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my least favorite of all the sodas. Mm. It is my favorite. But you do you. I love There's love more out there for you. Well, I, I, will be, I will be sponsored by Dr. Pepper. Okay, great. Sure. <laughs> I feel like they've got money to sponsor us. So. They probably do. I love I mean, it. They changed my mind. I love it. Yeah. Big fans. <laughs> Huge fans. Huge fans. So, yeah, no, that that was just, that just came to my mind. But yeah, sorry about I really about that. wanted a Diet Coke today, so I got a Diet Coke, and I'm like, this tastes like trash. <laughs> and then I got a Dr. Pepper, and I was like, okay, this uh, is fine. Fine. Better trash. This is, this is better. <clears throat> well, there you go. At least there's a backup plan that's, for that's you. This, that's the soda update in the world uh, of thank Alex. Thank you so much. I've I, been I, dying to know. I knew you know about my soda addiction. Yes. Yeah, you have told me. But you know what? Now everybody knows. Now everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows that I love a good soda. Yep. God bless you for it. I love a good soda. Mm-hmm. I don't have many vices in my life. <laughs> Not many. Well, I'm drinking out of my whale mug. Well, hello there. Because it says, go with the flow on the inside. And it's the sea month. Because it's the sea month. A gust on the water august, as Allison suggested. Okay, okay. It's a bit of a mouthful, but it's a bit of a, it's mouthful, a, bit of a mouthful. But it has the word august in it. That's true. So, 
there you go. Anyways, um, we've talked about this also, but I feel like it needs to be touched on in the pod in another lunch-based scandal. Uh, I mean, we should have put the this top, in the bingo card. The top, it's almost, it's almost kind A top scientist admits that the space telescope image taken from the James Webb Space Telescope is actually a slice of chorizo. <laughs> this is why scientists should not be allowed to tell jokes. No, absolutely not. Scientists should not have a sense of humor no, because people are going to take them five. seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, could you was imagine? Was he joking? Yes. Or was he trying to pull it off? I read an article. He, he was, was joking. joking. <laughs> like, he was totally That's joking. so funny. And could you imagine, like, Dr. Fauci joking around? <laughs> Yeah. Like monkeypox is just his version of a lull. Yeah, monkeypox. You just need to, you know, wash your hands. Be fine. <laughs> <Lol> raffle. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I just love it. Uh, it's, I thought it's, it was so funny. It's great. It's, and now that I look at the picture, I'm like, yeah, that is it's actually. Def- that's I didn't definitely see it chorizo. But it's for sh- I mean, before I knew what it was but it's certainly chorizo it absolutely is delicious i mean yeah give me a slice of bread and i'll eat it a little manchego cheese on top let's be honest i'll eat a plate i mean yeah (laughs) don't need any accoutrement no give me it okay what's your thing um have you heard of the door christian fellowship (gasps) ministry of mcallen texas do we have a cult on our hands no oh no i haven't Okay, so they're currently under fire, and they're in big trouble Uh for performing Hamilton without acquiring the rights to it. Oh, man. But they also changed the lyrics. Okay. Oh, boy. That uh, includes tacking on religious messages and concluding with a sermon that that basically... Has homophobic views. Perfect. You know. <laughs> Is so, it good? <laughs> oh, you're about no, to tell me. It's no, not. it's and not. And apparently shocker. this church has done another Broadway-esque based... Theft? Theft. Okay. Uh, on The Lion King. Okay. Where Simba was crucified. Yeah, I bet he was. I'm like, what... What in The Lion and King? So was Hamilton crucified instead of being shot by... Well, no, they just changed the lyrics. Um, So, you know the song, That Would Be Enough? Yeah. Um, That would be enough. enough. Um, And where she goes, but I'm not afraid. I know who I'm married so long as you come home at the end of the day. Yeah. That would be enough. Uh They changed it. Okay. To, but I'm not afraid. I know who I'm married. My hope is in Jesus. If you could give him a chance, that would be enough. Okay. But, so Jesus give Hamilton a chance? Apparently. Okay. Just Hamilton, well, Hamilton needs to give Jesus a chance. Oh, oh, oh. Jesus is not in it. It's <laughs> Hamilton, but. <laughs> and then uh, the the song at the end, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story, mm-hmm. when she's talking about the orphanage. Yeah. And she goes, I helped raise hundreds of children. I got to see them growing up. It changed to, I introduced hundreds of children to Jesus as they're growing up. But she didn't. She didn't. No, they changed the lyrics. <laughs> I know, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Well. But now it's a lie, is what I'm saying. Yes. Well, someone told the people at Hamilton. 
Lynn Manuel. Someone told Lynn Manuel. <laughs> and they released a statement. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Hamilton does not grant amateur or professional licenses <laughs> for any stage productions and did not grant one to the Door Church. On Saturday, August 6th, we were made aware of the unauthorized staging of Hamilton by the Door Church Church in McAllen, Texas, that took place on Friday, August 5th. Okay. And they had plans for an additional performance. Yeah. Like, we're going we're to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we issued a cease and desist letter for the unauthorized use of Hamilton's intellectual property and demanding the immediate removal of all videos and images from previous productions from the internet. Yeah. Were they charging people? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hamilton informed the church after receiving a response to the cease and desist letter that they could proceed with the August 6th performance. Okay. It's like, you've been practicing. Sure. You know, we'll let you the do it. The show will go on. On the conditions <sighs> that it was not live streamed or recorded. Uh-huh. No photos or, vid- or videos of the performance were posted. Uh-huh. They can't mount any further productions. Yeah. And, uh... This limited permission was without prejudice, and we reserved all the rights and remedies. And then they would be discussing this matter with parties behind this unauthorized production with the coming days, once all facts are properly vetted. Oh, boy. They went forward with the August 6th um, show. And it ended up on the internet, I'm guessing? And it ended up on the internet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, they changed the lyrics again. Okay, great. So great. Yeah. So they're, uh, they're they're in big trouble. You do not now you want got, to mess with the Hamilton people. You don't want to mess with Lin-Manuel's lawyers. Lin-Manuel's got lawyers. He's got Aaron Burser. <laughs> and himself. <laughs> and himself. <laughs> I believe they were co-workers at one point. He knows the law. He wrote the law. He for did. heaven's sakes. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs> I, think, I think that was in Hamilton. I think so. I don't know. But yeah, the one part that I could not like find any sort of like writings to yeah because i didn't want to view anything because i'm like i don't want to give them any no. attention i did though but i viewed it like on a separate <laughs> thing where like thing. So, where like someone else had posted something In incognito <laughs> i'm like okay it's fine um i don't know what they did with king george uh, they had to have done they something left with him. king he george was perfect you can't improve on that yeah which reminds me, I've re- I'm starting to rewatch Mindhunter. Oh, good one. Oh, so good. Yeah, I need to rewatch that too. It's very good. Oh, highly recommend. Love a Jonathan Groff. Love a Jonathan Groff. Big fan of the show. He loves the show. He called me yesterday <laughs> to <laughs> tell me. Just to say he was a big fan of the show. <laughs> he was a big fan of the show. <laughs> uh, speaking of big fan of the show, on Sunday, in our future, mm-hmm. um, it's the two-year anniversary of when you texted me. Hey, want to do a podcast? Oh, and I said, "Yep." And you said, "I would never want anything more." <laughs> Turns out and she was true. wrong. No, it's true. We did it. I know. Here we are. Here we are. It took us what? It took Three us months together. A few months. Two months. I mean, we got a lot of things done quickly. Uh-huh. We had name quick. Yeah. We had. It was the microphones we were waiting yeah, on. Yeah, they those, took a long time to ship. These bad boys took a long time to get here. 
Here they are, though. Because I think everybody else was doing a podcast. Probably. <laughs> Everyone else had the same idea. Well, it was COVID. What else were we going to do? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Our tens of listeners rejoice. They rejoice. Weekly. No, every third episode. Sim- sim- yeah, for real. I don't understand. <laughs> every third episode. Tell us why you only... Well, why the every third episode is like... Hundred times more. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> what why? is it? What is the secret, people? We don't. We really don't know. <laughs> it was the last one, so we can just be really bad on this one, and we can nobody will know. We can phone it in. <laughs> we can be done now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're not. No. Also, never phone it in. I thought to myself last week, or actually this week. Remember, um, Alva Fisher. Last week I said she was the patron saint of the washing machine. Yeah. I was like, what an easy gift. I'll print one off. Give it to Alex. She can put it in her laundry room. Yeah. Well, the Fisher's a man. (laughs) (laughs) And I was really disappointed. Oh. I know. Once again, the patriarchy ruins everything. No, I was like, I refuse to print that off. No. Frame it, please. It was probably a white man who wanted his wife to do more laundry. Yes. You're not being efficient enough. I'll help you. I need to get a machine to do your work. <laughs> He's mansplaining laundry by give, making a washing machine for oh, her to do it. I hate As if I hated laundry I enough, know. I hate it even more. I was more. just kind of heartbroken. I had, to, I had to bring you down with me. <laughs> man, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I know. Well... That's all. <laughs> oh, she's crunchy nice. Crunch, crunch on the ice. Shouldn't have given you ice. My you know, bad. You know I crunch. <laughs> Snacks. I know you like, you're passionate about your ice too. Gosh, I Ooh. forgot. Are you judging me harshly? It's good ice. It's good ice. It's good ice. Great. Do you I, want to talk about your ice? Have I talked about my ice? <laughs> oh, it was down for four days. Oh. <laughs> At yes. least minimum. Men's four days. My ice machine was down. Because it made a squeaking noise that bothered Brian. Sounded like a him problem to me. Yeah. Um, sorry, I don't, I'm not understanding. <laughs> sorry, uh, I kind of need ice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was down for four days because making a loud squeaking noise. But it's fixed. So God it is back it. up and running. Have Ugh, my rejoice. little pebble ice. I'm happy. Your taco time ice. My taco time ice. Taco time. I love, I'm a big fan of ice. Yeah. I just don't like ice if it has a taste. This is mine. No. My fridge is probably six years old. <laughs> when was the first fridge made? <laughs> it was that one. I don't know. I mean, it looks fine. Okay, great. Great news. Well, so I'll go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we're good. We're, we're done. That's it. Okay. Goodbye. Just kidding. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am going to talk about Terry Joe Depperall. Probably. Woohoo. It sounds, Woo-hoo. Like, it sounds like the name of a mouse. Terry Joe is just such a cute name, I think. It's, it's really cute, That's but I'm picturing cute. like a little like Stuart Little-esque. Sure. Like a like a pirate mouse. Terry Joe, yeah. With like a like a pirate hat and a patch. Sure. And a peg leg. What's the one? Fifle. Like <gasps> him, but pirate version. Fifle. <laughs> Fifle. Fifle. Not Fifle. It's not Fifle, it's Fifle. Oh. Fifle Mousekowitz. Oh, it's like so cute. Okay, it isn't though. It's not a mouse at all. <laughs> okay, dang it. So I read this book a while ago about a girl named Terry Joe Depperalt, 
and the book is called Alone, Orphaned on the Ocean. <gasps> Orphaned on the Ocean. And I listened to it again today, so I'm going to tell you her story. Ooh. Okay. On Monday, November 13th of 1961, a shipping container... Hold on, i got to make it bigger. A shipping container spots a tiny wooden dinghy with a man on board and a seven-year-old girl who has passed away. Yep. The man said um, that he was Julian Harvey, and he was the captain aboard the Blue Bell that had caught fire and sunk, and he was the only survivor. Oh, jeez. Harvey explained that at approximately 8.30 the previous evening, his small vessel was hit by a sudden strong squall mm-hmm. that caused the blue bell to rapidly keel over and the main mast to snap. The boat, the boat burst into flames, and the boat sank into Davy Jones's locker along with the remaining five on board. Wait, which, which ocean is this in? It is in the Caribbean. Ooh, the Caribbean. Yes. Um, and so he was able to grab the girl that was with him, but she had already passed away. Mm. Three days later, an 11-year-old girl, Terry Jo, is spotted in a small sinking cork dinghy. And the very next what? day, Julian Harvey commits suicide. Uh-oh. So what happened? <gasps> We rewind five days to November 8th, 1961. Uh, The Deparol... I just really got to commit to how to say it. Just call her Terry Jo. Terry Jo's family. Terry Jo's family. Her dad, Arthur. His wife, Jean. And their three kids, Brian, who is 14. That was Brian. Terry Jo is 11. (laughs) And um, Renee is 7. And they had always had this dream, as a family, of chartering a sailboat to sail around the warm water of the Bahamas. Mm. They're from Wisconsin, so. I mean, I have that dream as well. Yeah, everybody does. But anyways, it was finally happening for them. Um, They'd planned to sail around for a week, uh, with the caveat that they may stay on longer if they loved it. Like, Mm. even up to a whole year. Ooh. Sounds amazing to me. Uh, sign me up. Um, and so they chartered this boat for $100 a day, uh, which today would be close to 1000 It would be $991 a day. That's not bad. Seems like a lot. I mean, that's that's going right for, like, a charter. I've researched. Huh. All right. Great deal, then. <laughs> uh, it's a great deal. <laughs> they were boarding uh, the Bluebell in Fort Lauderdale. The Bluebell was a 60-foot Catch or double masting sailboat. Not to be confused with the single mast sloop we talked about last week. Snoop, Snoop, baby. Sloop, doggy dog. Uh, with, uh, with them was Julian Harvey, who's the skipper, and his sixth wife, Mary Harvey, who would be the cook on board. Always got to. So in below deck terms, we have a Lee and a Ben. We have, oh, we need a Kate. We don't have a Kate. Oh, that's where things went wrong. <laughs> okay, so because you just had Lee and Ben, <laughs> oh, that's, that's a, a problem. That's a nightmare. Situation. Okay, so they're off. Um, they were all excited, sitting outside, getting splashed by the salty water, watching the sea seagulls swoop and fly, and the dolphins and flying fish. They're loving it. They're snorkeling, spearfishing. Um, and they spend a couple nights just um, or days sailing around and then spending spending the nights in different islands. Um, and like I said, they're from Wisconsin, so they're having the best time. Time like, of their lives. I guess they don't know about oceans there, but also it just sounds really fun. Wisconsin's cold. Wisconsin's cold. 
There's cheese it's there, November. though. There's cheese there. So Wisconsin's super cold. I think there's cheese in make Florida. A, make, they make a mean hot dish. <laughs> there's cheese in Florida. Well, not like you Anyways. can't get it fresh from the cow. <laughs> there's no cows in Florida? Maybe I not. doubt it. I don't know. Anyways. They um, are on crack. So they're having a great time. And then... Next thing anybody hears about it, this guy shows up with a dead girl. Who? Saying that. The bluebell sunk. The bluebell caught fire and the mast snapped in half and sunk. (laughs) Okay, so there was a routine Coast Guard investigation with regards to the loss of the bluebell. The investigating officers had a hearing with Julian, and he seemed to be in good spirits, which, I mean, is kind of weird. Your wife... Died and you kind of killed five people, but and you lost your boat. Who am I to judge? So um, the Coast Guard investigators just explained that they need to determine the cause of the accident and um, whether there was any misconduct or incompetence or like law breaking that led to this. Mm-hmm. So Har- uh, Harvey's his last name. Julian said under oath that he and the dad Arthur mm-hmm. had agreed to sail day and night to cover the two hundred miles back to Fort Lauderdale. Um, because they were trying to get there by the end of the week. And mm. they were 200 miles away. So they set sail from whatever island they were at shortly after dark to get on their way. Um, they were going to anchor a few times for a few hours of sleep and then get back on their way, which just, just seems like bad planning. I mean... Don't Cap- sail at night. Captain Lee would never. Captain Lee would never. It's a hard... You can't see. You can't see. When it's dark. <laughs> I mean, it is very hard to dock take, I know. at night. Well, they weren't gonna. They were gonna drop, oh, drop an anchor. anchor. But still, still, it's dark. You have to be in shallow enough water to drop an anchor. Anyways, yeah. since it was dark, people were sleeping. When they sailed into a small squall, then a twenty-knot wind gust yep. happened and broke the top third of the main mast of the mainsail. The main mast, obviously, of the mainsail. This feels fishy. Um, Not just because it's in the ocean. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And so, like, 20 knots is 23 miles per hour. That's a fast boy. It's not that fast. It's a sailboat. They're meant to be in the wind. Oh, that's true. Uh, They thrive on wind. They love a wind. They love a gust. They don't gust. The top mast pierced the deck. Um... And he said as if it were made of people. But I think I meant paper. Uh, <laughs> like the boat was made of people. Yeah. You know, that kind of boat. Yeah. Okay, so it pierced through the deck as if it were made of paper. It's like the boat to the underworld. And tore through the deck through the bottom of the hole. Oh. Um, it's also interesting that the mast didn't blow away in the wind. It Blew up and poof, straight down. That's, again, fishy. Fishy. Um, the tree out here in <laughs> my yard yeah. snapped about a third of the way up. And it f- did not come straight down. It fell onto my neighbor's house. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I know for sure that's not how wood um, works. False. Okay. <laughs> so, um, okay, so... The main one falling down also pulled the other mast down as well and took out the radio tower or whatever makes the radio go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, for some reason, he decides that it wasn't even worth a try to try and radio out, so he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, no one was hit by the mass, thankfully, just cut by some splinters, he says. Ew. So he turns on the engines. Obviously, they can't sail with no sails. No. So he's like, nobody panic. We got this. We got this. So hey, he, Please ignore the hole in the boat. <laughs> yes. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. He runs forward to find some wire cutters. Uh, I don't know why he could get out and nobody else could. They were all trapped by wires. But he gets them and is running back to everyone when he sees that a fire has started in the cockpit of the Uh-oh. boat. So the other passengers are moving aft away from the fire. Um, and there, so they end up standing on the aft deck right above the gas tanks. And Julian's like, uh-oh. That could explode. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's a bad situation. So he runs down back under, and he grabs two five-pound fire extinguishers. Um, the boat is sinking. There's already a foot of water at the bottom. And so back on deck, flames are shooting everywhere, spreading quickly, because um, the, the boat had just been recently painted with highly flammable paint. Oh. I did not use a watercolor. No. A watercolor? <laughs> Straight-up acrylic. <laughs> <laughs> so then he uses the fire extinguishers but obviously it's not enough it's like you know average size yeah it's a 60 foot boat fully obliged yeah. doesn't work it's so not gonna work he throws out the dinghy he, the, a dinghy so he didn't try raft. very hard no, he what was not interested in saving anyone <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> he throws out the dinghy and the life raft and he says um, that the passengers could see him doing it. Remember, they were on the back. He was in the front. So they jumped overboard and were like, perfect, he'll come to us. He'll row back to get us. Mm-hmm. So he rows um, back there, but he can't see anyone. Because it's night. Why is that again? It always happens in the night, these It's things. the night. Um, but also... 60 feet worth of flame seems like a good light, light source, right? Like, I mean, yeah. It's a big old candle. That That's a big old candle. <laughs> I no, mean, you can see pretty far. Yeah. He says he can't see him. He can't hear him yelling back. What could he do? So he, eventually he comes across the youngest, Renee, floating face down, even though she's wearing a life jacket. Mm-hmm. Dead. Drowned. Mm. Um, and by this time, when he pulls her into the boat, the dinghy... Um, the big boat had sunk. Mm-hmm. Um, another strange thing with the, again, 60 feet of boat being fully on fire. A 60-foot candle. A 60-foot <laughs> candle. There was a lighthouse just a couple miles away, but it didn't see anything. What is up with people not seeing things well, that are on fire in the nighttime? Alex, just wait. <gasps> Spoilies, it's a um okay and also he could i'm sure he could see the lighthouse too you know they they have a light obviously (laughs) (laughs) and so he didn't like try and row towards it he just like floated away yeah okay in any case they drift until about 6 30 a.m when he opens his emergency rations and eats (laughs) and then at about 1 p.m he sees he sees a large steamer uh who had spotted him and comes to his rescue uh, what many didn't know at the time was that this was his third time in the last six years that Julian had lost a ship. 
Julian, um, you have a bad track record. Julian, you're shady. Find a new <laughs> career. But who did know was the Coast Guard investigator talking to him. And thankfully, he wasn't born yesterday. So, as Julian's giving his testimony, someone barges into the room. Lies! With startling news. Oh! Terry, Joe, friggin' Depardieu, or whatever, was found by a freighter floating, found her on a literal cork, Mm -hmm. floating, the freighter spots it. Wait, like a wine cork? I'll explain. A cork boat, but... Oh, Boat is a, is a, is a generous. I was gonna say, wine corks, I mean, they do float, but I don't think a person can, like... (laughs) Well, she's you a tiny a, mouse, remember? <laughs> she's a teeny tiny mouse. Perfect, yes. Teeny <laughs> tiny mouse, auto little tiny cork. Okay, and so the boat that she's came to her rescue adorable. had snapped a photo of her in a little boat before um, they grabbed her and pulled her up. And the picture's on the cover of the book that I was reading here. Oh, yeah, that's not a boat. No, it's not a boat. <laughs> Which, obviously, I'll post it or just look at the... Oh, yeah, that's... Rent the, that's... rent the book, or rent. I don't know, get the book. From the library. It's at the library. I was, there was no holds. You can get <laughs> the books for free at the library. <laughs> okay. Um, and the lookout who found her said that he thought it was just a little white cap in the distance, but it was, like, acting a little funny. It wasn't disappearing like a normal yeah. white cap. That white cap stank for a while. <laughs> that must be a sustained wind. <laughs> <laughs> and when they finally pulled her up, there was a trail of sharks behind her. <gasps> Who had probably been stalking her for a while. Waiting for her to like dip her foot in the water or whatever. She was obviously dehydrated and in pretty bad shape. Um, The Greek sailors picked her up and put her in an empty cabin. And they gave her sips of water and orange juice. And put Vaseline on her like incredibly sunburnt lips and Mm -hmm. face. It was bad. Um, And she basically had like the 20 mile stare. Like she wasn't looking. It was like she wasn't there. Yeah. She wasn't really seen or talking to them. And one of the sailors was like, can you please tell me who you are? Like, I need to let your parents know. And she just gave him the thumbs down. Mm. No. And and she rasped Bluebell. Because she couldn't talk. I mean, she hadn't talked for a long time. Um, eventually she, she whispered her name in Bluebell again and then passed out. Mm. And the guy's like, oh, snap. Like, I've heard of the Bluebell. That sounds familiar. Because there's already been an only survival, survivor. And he, so he telegraphs the Coast Guard in Miami and lets them know they have Terry Joe. So now, remember, Julian is Mm mid-testimony when this guy who got the telegraph busts in and they're like, they found her, she's alive. Yeah. And Julia's like, like, "Uh, oh, oh, like, isn't that wonderful great great. (laughs) he gets up and just walks over to the window and just stands there staring out like i assume internally screaming probably and then he turns around and leaves without saying anything he just walks out the door you can't do that in court or testimony Uh, especially with the coast guard yeah probably you can't really do that (laughs) he did so they called the Miami Police Department and they're like, hey, listen, can you put a guard outside Terry Joe's hospital room? Like, they just had a real bad feeling about him. Um, like, just walking away. Yeah. And acting super weird. And also, there was clearly tons of holes in Julian's testimony. Mm-hmm. The next day, a maid found Julian's body in the room Julian was staying at at the Sandman Hotel. <laughs> he had died by slashing a bunch of major arteries all over his body. 
and bled out in the bathroom. That's, that's weird. But don't worry, he pinned a ten dollar bill to the pillow for the maid for the trouble. <laughs> sorry about the mess <laughs> sorry. and the trauma <laughs> and the trauma. Here's uh, here's a not even a Benjamin. Who's on the ten? Is there a ten? You is know who's on the, It's Hamilton. <laughs> of course it is. Okay, so, I mean, being jovial when you thought everyone died and then committing suicide when you found out there's a survivor means, let's be honest, his story is a big fat lie. Big fat lie. So what really happened when Mary Jo healed up a bit, um, they were able to ask her about it. And here's what happened. Um, so they had to get story for dinner. Made by the sixth wife. Mm-hmm. At about nine o'clock on Sunday, Terry Joe had gone to bed below deck and gone to sleep. Um, at the time, she was the first one to go to bed. Everybody else was still up. So sometime during the night, Terry Joe was awoken, not by a squall or mm-hmm. a crashing down mass. No, no. No, no. She was woken by someone, her brother, screaming, help, daddy, help. <gasps> Um, then there was running noises and then silence. So she laid in her bed too scared to see what was happening. And after sitting there for like five or ten minutes and no more scary noises, she crept out of her cabin and saw her mother and brother crumpled in the main cabin Ooh. with a pool of blood collecting around them. And she instantly knew that they were dead. Um, she slowly climbed the stairs and poked her head out. And she saw more blood on the starboard side of the cockpit and a knife. She stood up and looked towards the front of the boat, and suddenly Julian was rushing at her out of nowhere. Ooh. She started asking, like, what's happening? But he, like, struck her and pushed her back down the stairs and growled at her to go back um, into her room. And so she's like, I don't know what's happening. I'm 11. I'm overstimulated. So she goes back in her cabin and, like, huddled and shivering she's in the corner. She's just a baby. She's a baby. So she could hear water sloshing upstairs as if Julian is cleaning up the blood, maybe. And then she starts to smell oil. No. And looking down, she realizes that the bottom of this boat is filling with water, like stinky oil water. Um, And then suddenly the silhouette of Julian is in her doorway and he had something in his hands Um, and she thought it was a rifle and he just stood there looking at her saying nothing. (gasps) Just his silhouette in her door. And then he turns and walks out of the cabin. (gasps) Um, She then heard a pounding, like almost hammering noises from upstairs. And eventually the water started lapping up over her mattress. So she's forced to leave her small cabin. Mm -hmm. So she runs past her mother and brother who are now floating (sighs) and climbs back up the stairs. Um, she looks around and saw that the dinghy and the rubber, rubber life raft had been launched, um, and they were floating beside the boat. Mm-hmm. And she's like, is the ship sinking? And yes, Julian answered back. She sees him coming up behind her with a pail in his hand, mm-hmm. and he handed her a line, and he's like, here, hold this. But she's like, oh, what's going on? What's and happening? it slips through her hands. And then she realized that it was the line that held the dinghy, Mm. and that was drifting away. So Julian dives into the water and swims for the dinghy and just leaves her alone on the sinking boat. (gasps) Julian. But our Terry, she doesn't panic. No. No, no. no, She uses her brain. She's a smart mouse. 
Okay, Clara, use your brain. <laughs> so she does. And she remembers there's a small cork life float that was kept on the outside of the main cabin. And this cabin is just barely above water. So mm-hmm. she scrambles over, like half swims, and she undoes the four half hitch knots like a boss. Mm-hmm. She can work for below deck. Um, the moment Future she gets bosun it, right there. The moment she gets it free, the deck below her sinks below the water. <gasps> Um, and she brings the life float over the sails and over into the open water. Just as she does, though, of course, a line catches on the tiny float uh, for just a moment. And the float and Terry Joe are pulled beneath the surface oh, no. by the sinking bluebell. But somehow the line comes free and Terry pops back up um, to the fresh air and the lonely pitch black darkness. Because it is the night. Because it's the night. This float that she's on. So it's. Two and a half by five feet oblong cork covered mm-hmm. in canvas. Okay. With like a rope uh, webbing in the middle. Okay. So not a solid floor. No, mm-hmm. no. No, no. Rope. Um, and this is something that's meant to be held on to, like from the outside, just oh. for like a couple hours. Like it's not meant for riding. No. And I don't think a full grown person... Could have. Oh no, a full grown person probably would have, would have sunk it. Well, it's really tippy too. Oh, tippy. She like had to, anyways. Um, okay, so Terry Joe goes from having the best week of all time to floating alone on a cork in the sea, knowing that she was not only just a little speck on the ocean, but also her whole family was dead. That's a bad vacation. Good. She has no food, no water, and nothing she could do but sit back. In the black void of the dark sea and the dark sky. Like, Uh it's just black. Everything's black. Yeah. Um, And she was too afraid to lift her head up because she was like, well, Julian's around here somewhere. Mm -hmm. Also floating, like, we could be right next to each other. I don't want to put my head up and have him shoot me or whatever. Um, A sudden tropical rain pours down. Um, and so that at least washed some of the salt away, um, and she managed to kind of, like, swallow a little bit of fresh water, but mm-hmm. now she's wet and freezing. Ugh. Again, it's the night. <laughs> remember, and still the night. It didn't Remember, it didn't have the floor, so she's half submerged in water also. No, so it's cold. She's going to get pruny. She's going to get pruned. Um, when the sky cleared and uh, she, like, finally looked up and she just saw, like, a billion stars. She said it didn't even look real. Mm. It was crazy. When the sun rose, um, she saw no signs of the insane killer captain. So she, like, began to feel a little more calm. Like, yeah. okay, that's not going to kill you. Yeah. At least we have that. Oh, but there's a shark. <laughs> but there was also no sign of anything else. So she popped her head up and realized that, um, like, as she kind of sat up, that the raft she was on was super unstable. Mm-hmm. And if she shifted too far one way or the other, it would tip over. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't meant to be written on. It's a tippy. It's a tip. Tippy. Um, the rising sun did warm her freezing body, but then it kept rising and kept getting hotter. No. And hotter. Too hot. Uh, she tried to submerge herself in the middle of the cork with the rope. What is that? Netting, I guess. Netting. Um, but when she dipped down, a piece of the netting broke. Uh-oh. Perfect. Great. Great. So obviously she's just more exposed that way. And two parrotfish find her and just start poking her in her bones. Well, that's not very nice. Over and over and over. Really? And they do this for the entirety of her journey. 
you want to see what a parrotfish looks like? They're kind of funny looking. And it actually does look like a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that is. I'm Rude. Look. Okay. So by mid-afternoon the first day, exposure, dehydration, and heat exhaustion would start to take effect on her little baby body. Mm-hmm. Um, she would eat any, any seaweed that floated by her, but the last thing she wanted was something salty. <laughs> yeah. Like, Get me away from salt. On the afternoon of the first day, she saw a ship pass by her, but it was too far for the ship to see her tiny vessel. Mm-hmm. As the sun set, she was like, finally, I'm not sweating. But then it got cold again. Yeah. Very cold. And, but she was able to fall asleep somehow. But she woke up because there was like a frigid... The parrotfish poking <laughs> at her butt. <laughs> she woke up with a frigid start because she had fallen off the raft into oh. the sea. Oh, no. Thankfully, though, her arm was somehow still kind of hooked over it so she could find it and get mm-hmm. back on. As she was climbing on, though, another piece of the webbing broke. Mm. During the second day, a few planes flew overhead. Most were, of course, too high. But one small plane flew back and forth in a grid pattern. She waved her hands overhead. She, like, took her shirt off to, like, wave it around to catch its attention. Mm -hmm. And then even circled her and dipped down. But ultimately, it didn't spot her and it flew away. Hmm. And that plane was literally searching for possible survivors of the bluebell. But her small white boat, and she was wearing, like, pale pink Pedal pushers is what the book kept saying. Capri, like yeah. Capri action. And she had white blonde hair, so it it honestly did just look like a wave, like yeah. a white cap. Um, like they'd have to almost be on the same level as her to see her. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they didn't see her, so she floats on. She was in this channel that's super deep, and I guess in that particular area, seas can get pretty crazy in the winter. So she was just bobbing along eight foot seas on a little cork. Like, she's only five or four Jeez. feet probably herself. So they're, like, twice the size of her. They're huge. At one point, she floats through this giant school of fish, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But usually that's where sharks would be, too. I mean, yeah. they can just that's open food. their mouth and eat a mouthful of fish. <laughs> <laughs> there are also barracudas in the area, which are not friendly. And sharks. <laughs> but she may have had a layer of protection that she couldn't have anticipated. So remember how the water was oily when the boat started to sink? Mm-hmm. And she had gone through that waist deep to get above board and then again to get to her little dinghy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the oil mixed with gasoline that was obviously leaking as well that um, would have kind of coated her and mass even slightly her scent from predators making oh. her not just smell like a delicious barbecue and also probably was like ooh, gross yeah <laughs> they were like uh, no thanks i'm no vegan thanks. um a, at one point a seagull lands on her raft and she's like oh, a friend but then, <laughs> hi i think actually maybe she was gonna eat it but she moved like just a little bit and it flew away and out of the corner of her eye she sees something just breaking the surface near her raft Beep. <laughs> she thought it, they might be porpoises but no definitely too big but then they kept swimming next to her, spouting next to her, just like right next to her, going right along with her. Um, and later they figured out that they were pilot whales that pilot are whales. just like a large species of dolphins. Oh. And they get about 20 feet long. And they were just like, how you doing? Hi. Life's still 
here. <laughs> you still bobbing? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, she said she was immensely com- comforted by their presence. Um, and they swim with her for hours. Oh. Yeah. Sweet little dolphins. Dolphins. Pilot whale. Yeah, they have, they have like, a, the head of a beluga. Oh. But then the back of a dolphin. Oh. They're kind of weird looking. It's strange. Okay, so the sun sets again on Tuesday night. Um, finally, it's not scorching her. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's just fried at this point, a little yeah. blonde girl. Um, but then it's cold now. Mm-hmm. So she falls into a deep sleep again. Um, and this night she dreamt of her father sitting peacefully, drinking a glass of red wine. He called out to her and said, come on, Terry Joe, we're leaving now. <laughs> Wednesday came and she was... Uh, just beyond hungry. She didn't feel hungry anymore. Yeah. It was too late. <laughs> too late for hunger. <laughs> and she had, like, no more saliva in her mouth. She oh. In her mouth, she was hallucinating now. Poor like, she said, thing. even hallucinating the classic tiny island with one palm tree. Uh, and then she'd start to paddle towards it, and it would disappear. Mm. Like, and, and so she started to just feel less and less. Like, her body was shutting down. Yeah. She started to lose consciousness. She had a fever of over 105. How does she know this? Does she have a thermometer? <laughs> well, <laughs> she gets rescued in a minute. Um, but somehow she, so she's like passing out, hallucinating. Somehow she keeps her balance on this tiny raft. Like mm-hmm. she said that she had to lay on it with her head on one end, both of her arms out and her thighs on the other end. Like mm. basically a crucifix position. Yeah. To stay balanced. Um. And her kidneys had stopped working. Uh, the remaining fluids in her body were going to her heart and less and less to her brain. In mid-morning on the fourth day, she sees a giant shadowy shape above her. And she saw that it was a great whale above her. A whale? But then it turned out, it turned into a black wall above her. Oh. It was the ship that <gasps> saved her. It was not a whale, it was a boat. Yeah. Um, somehow she pulled herself back up and starts paddling towards the boat until she finally feels herself in big, strong Greek arms Aww. being lifted into the rescue boat. And then again, she passes out. Oh. <laughs> uh, once she recovers, her aunt and uncle take her in and she just like, she asks them not to ask any questions about it or what happened. Like, yeah, Just don't ask me right now. She's digging it deep down. Pushing it deep down. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay, so Julian, he's a shady dude. Shady? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> the brother-in-law of Julian comes forward not long after and says that basically when his sister died, the brother-in-law's sister, so his sixth wife. Okay. I forget her name. I said it earlier. Um, he had gotten like a private investigator to look into Julian and stuff. So he, um, <laughs> oh, he said that Julian basically led his wife, who died, um, mm-hmm. into thinking that he was this big shot with lots of money, when in fact he was largely largely in debt. Um, he also learned that at one point Julian suggested to a friend that if the friend bought an airplane, Julian could wreck it, make it look like an accident, survive the crash. And they could split the insurance money. That's a con man. <laughs> it's a con man. Someone from the boat uh, that rescued Julian also came forward and said that he saw something sinking below the surface when they approached when they first approached him. Um, they said it was red, and they thought it looked like a gas canister. Hmm. 
You see, they thought that perhaps Julian had a small motor that he had been using on the dinghy. A motor? The dinghy also showed fresh signs of having two marks where a small gas engine would have connected to the back of the boat. <gasps> so he definitely had a form of propulsion yes, that he didn't want anyone not just to floating. know about. Also, Julian had traveled eight miles in about a half a day. Terry Joe had traveled 18 miles in three and a half days. So he traveled half the distance in one-seventh of the time. No oh, cheese. So, propulsion! Math, math doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, the crew on the boat he'd been rescued from said that they had given him clean pants and shoes to change into, but he did not change into them, which was weird. They were all Strange. salty and, you know... What jeans? There's nothing. Oh, the worst. I assume they're jeans. I don't know. Um, what pants of any kind? What pants of any, time, any kind? So, but he didn't change. Um, and then they gave him, they, I don't know who, gave him a hotel to stay in until he went home. And one of the hotel staff, he comes in and, you know, get him settled. Mm-hmm. He had a traumatic experience, yeah. right? So, um, he, the hotel guy goes in. And he sees one of the beds is just covered in soaking wet money. <gasps> Which is perhaps why he didn't want to give up his pants. Because he had money in the pants. <laughs> because his friend said that he was known for lining the inside of his pants with money. <laughs> I don't know why. He Has he heard of a bank? <laughs> Guess not. Or a piggy bank. Uh, and then an anonymous call told the brother-in-law from before to look into life insurance that was placed on his sister. So it turns out, big shocker, a $20,000 life insurance policy was taken out on his wife just days before the Bluebell voyage. With himself as the beneficiary. Of course. Obviously. It's also included um, in there that if she died accidentally, he would get double that. Ooh. Um, also, he'd killed his third wife and mother-in-law via car crash. No. Oh. Into a, um, like off a bridge, I think. Uh-huh. And he said that he survived because he got out as the car was falling. <laughs> that only happens in the movies. Only in the movies. Um, all right. So Terry Jo, who, she changed her name when she, in her late teens, because she got very uh, famous yeah. after this, and she didn't like it. So she was, um, she agreed when she was older to get to take sodium amytal, aka True Serum, in 1999. Mm-hmm. Not because they thought she was lying, but she just buried everything down so deep that she like oh. didn't think about it, and yeah. you know had suppressed memory. So they thought maybe that would help. So. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously her story didn't change because she wasn't lying, but a lot of things she was just more confident on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so she was able to remember that her mom wasn't in her pajamas, but in her daytime clothes still, but her brother was in his pajamas. Mm. So basically he probably went to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the yelling that woke her, remember her brother was yelling, was probably because he'd come out and seen his mother being attacked. Yeah. Called for his dad, who was probably already dead. Now he's seen too much. Gotta kill him. Gotta kill him. She also realized that the splashing um, wasn't the captain trying to clean off any blood, but it was the sound of him opening the valves to sink the boat in the engine room. She also realized um, the hammering noise. It wasn't him hammering something, but it was the dinghy banging against the boat as he launched it. So he had basically gone straight up after staring at her. Yeah. 
to launch the dinghy. To launch the dinghy and to leave. And finally, she realizes that the pail she saw him carrying was actually a gas can. That mm. gas can that they saw him trying to ditch. Yeah. Um, so basically, it was planned all along, and, and he's a piece of trash, but... Trash. He's dead now. No. So that's my Spark Notes version of Terry Joe's incredible survival story as told in the book, Alone, Orphan on the Ocean. Ooh. That's good. It's crazy. That's crazy. Well, not good, but crazy. Crazy. <laughs> okay, you go. All right. I am talking about the Andalana. Okay. I don't know what that is. Sounds like a boat. I didn't either. It is a boat. Ooh. Spoiler. Um, so the Andalana was a four-masted square-rigged bark. We're up to four masts, baby. That's four masts, baby. Um, in 1889, Ooh, for the Andalana Ship Sailing Sailing Ship Company of Liverpool, England. Liverpool. Liverpool. So she was 2,395 tons. Ooh. She was a steel-hulled ship that was 308 feet in length. Another big one. And the ship's master was George Stalling from Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. I don't know what their accent is. I don't either. Um, <laughs> you and he was a, a blowout. <laughs> is he Nova Scotian? I don't think so. No, that's Canada. Nova Scotia's in Canada. Eh? Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's French Canadia, though. Nova French Canadia. Alex. Is that the one? That's right. Yeah. It's Isn't that there. the one like the furthest east? Yes. They have like an Irish accent almost. Do they? Uh, according to one TV show I watched based there <laughs> called Someone and Someone. Doyle and Doyle. Huh. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, no, no idea. Anyway, so she was, uh, she was a 10-year-old vessel um, and had traveled around the globe from Liver- Liverpool to Calcutta to New York and to Shanghai. Ooh. And it actually raced from Hong Kong to San Francisco in 31 days. Race In New York to Yokohama, which I'm assuming is in Japan, um, in 119 days with a cargo of case oil. Hmm. Huh. So seems heavy. Don't know what that is. So she's bouncing around. She's <laughs> doing a lot of things. She's moving. She's a mover she's and a shaker. She's shaking. So... <clears throat> So the vessel was shuttled from Shanghai to Port Angeles, Washington, um, in just 47 days, and then sailed to Tacoma a few days later. Okay. Uh, It emptied its load of steel and prepared to fill its holes again with wheat bound for Queenstown. (gasps) No, no. Um, So when the Andalana arrived in Tacoma, Captain Stalling had a full crew of 28 men, including the officers. While in port... Eight seamen plus the second and third mates signed off the vessel and aboard different cargo vessels. Okay. So he lost some of his crew because they were like, not fam. Uh, <laughs> you didn't get any other ones? No. Like new ones? Uh, it was rumored that the, on- that the Andalana was unstable in heavy seas due to her unusually tall masts. And those seamen refused to make another voyage on her. She's like, they're like, nope, I'm done. No, she's scary. She's scary. She's tippy. <laughs> so replacements were difficult to find, so what remained of the crew was not allowed to go ashore while the ship was in port. Why? He didn't want to lose any more crew members. <laughs> he locked them up. He locked them in the boat. <laughs> That's a way to Which, keep them. Captain Lee, if you're listening. I know. Not the way to do it. Not the way to do it. Remember he did that the first season and they all stuck out? <laughs> But also, <laughs> a way to keep your crew from not getting 
absolutely shmammered. Yeah. <laughs> um, anywho. So, actually, Captain Stalling had been locking the crew in the forecastle at night to prevent anyone from deserting and leaving the ship shorthand. <laughs> he was like, I have minimum crew that can work this <laughs> ship. I'm not losing another Do one. not leave. However, Uh-oh. one guy named yeah, Percy. Percy! Um, he was an apprentice, was permitted to leave the ship for treatment of a serious face injury. He had an abscessed tooth. Oh, ouch, Bob. So he had to go to Fanny Paddock Memorial Hospital. Fanny. Which is now known as Tacoma General Hospital. Oh, terrible hospital, I've heard. So. <laughs> I, really I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, hospitals are not, like, Some, great. That's true. Some are better than others. Because usually if you're there, something's wrong. They're not airlifting you to Tacoma General, is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Harborview. Yep. In Dakota. Uh, in Dakota. Uh, so, on Friday, January 14th, 1899, the Tacoma Tug and Barge Company tugboat Fairfield. So, the tugboat's name was Fairfield. Okay. Tugboat. Tugboat Fairfield. Tugboat. Tugboat Fairfield. Um, moved the Andalana to Anchorage in the middle of Commencement Bay. After dropping the starboard anchor, she was weighing three tons, um, long, thick, Ballast logs were chained to both sides of her hull to mm-hmm. keep the ship on an even keel while she was riding high without ballast or cargo. Okay, inputs. sure. So she's already too tippy. She's tippy. Now she's empty. She's more tippy. She's tippy tippy. So they're like, okay. She's a tippy top. Put some things to sure. make her not tip. So at approximately 2.30 a.m. on January 15th. Again. In the night. In the night. In Never be on a boat in the night. Never. Okay. A violent squall swept <gasps> across. Squall. Ooh, it's fake. Liar. All the squalls. <laughs> Call. <laughs> squall. 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 Um, swept across Commencement Bay with rain and wind gusts in excess of 40 miles an hour. See? That's fast. Faster than the fake Faster 20. than the fake one. Um... <laughs> At daybreak, um, Captain Samuel Doty of a British four-masted bark called the Walter H. Wilson. <gasps> Walter H. Um, Wilson. Which had been anchored a few hundred yards away from the Andalana, noticed the ship had vanished. Did they? She poofed. Okay, go on. Assuming... The vessel had slipped her anchor and drifted away during the storm. Captain Doty and his crew launched a dinghy and row him to the Eureka dock where the tugboat was moved to. Remember Tugboat Fairfield? Tugboat, Tugboat Fairfield. Tugboat, Tugboat Fairfield. I'm confused. Yeah. Middle of the night. Okay, middle of the night. We got One squall. boat sees the main boat, our nope, boat. Nope, nope, nope. So, middle of the night. Yeah. Everybody's asleep. Okay. Both boats. William H. Walter Fairfax. H. Wilson. <laughs> Walter H. Wilson, sleep. Andalana, sleep. Right. Squall. 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 Walter H. Wilson boat, people wake up. Right. They're like, there was a boat there, and there's not a boat there anymore. Okay, so it wasn't like the Titanic where the lights went off and they were like, LOL, they're okay. Yeah, no. It just wasn't there anymore. It just wasn't there. Okay, it was, got it. It was just like, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Got there was got a boat there. The boat is no longer there. Okay. Um, so when they got to Tugboat, Tugboat Fairfield, um... <laughs> Captain Doty enlisted the help of Captain John Kenny, who was Tacoma's port surveyor. Okay. And Captain Thomas Burley, who was the master of the tugboat Fairfield. Um, and together they crossed to the anchorage to investigate the Andalana disappearance. But they found not a trace of the vessel. So they look underwater? 
the kids, they're like, they're looking around, but they're not seeing anything. They can't see anything under the water. They can't see anything. There's like nothing. Uh, then the Fairfield then crossed to the northeast side of the bay, where one half mile from Brown's Point, they found a ballast log with broken Uh-oh. chains dangling that had been secured Uh-oh. to the Andalana's port side. Burley and Doty also discovered a lifeboat and a mattress that both bared the ship's name, as well as several oars washed up onto the beach. A mattress? And apparently had the name Andalana on it. Which, why would you put the name of a boat on, <laughs> on the, the mattress? mattress? No one's going to steal no it. No one's going to steal it. Mattresses are heavy. No one's going to steal a mattress. Put a sheet on it. You'll never know. <laughs> um, <laughs> the answer was that she had apparently capsized and gone to the bottom of Commencement Bay. A further search of the area for bodies and more wreckage proved fruitless. They couldn't find anything. Yeah. Uh, so the Fairfield returned to the anchorage and after four hours with grappling irons, um, they located the Andalana <gasps> lying broadside at oh. the bottom of the bay, approximately 500 yards off at the end, off the end of the St. Paul and Tacoma Lumber Company Wharf. Uh-huh. Captain Burley marked her position with a lighted buoy as a potential hazard to anchored vessels. And late that night, a second lifeboat and a foghorn surfaced and were retrieved. Okay. So her stuff is just popping up. Uh, So in the judgment of the captains, uh, the squall that swept across Commencement Bay at night, struck with gale force winds, struck the Andalana broadside, and the ship was heeled sharply to starboard, lifting the portside ballast log out of the water, Mm -hmm. and the log's weight broke the chain. Hmm. Without the additional weight to stabilize the top-heavy vessel, she capsized. Mm-hmm. Tons of water flooded her open holes and sunk <laughs> like a stone in 200 feet of water. Dang. Now, what was the captain doing of the Andalana? He was drinking off the boat. He was locking people in the boat. Oh, no. You can't do that. The Captain Stalling and the 16 sailors that had been trapped in their birthing quarters went down with the ship. That sucks, man. Because he was paranoid that people were going to leave. Because he had a terrible boat. Yeah. So ultimately, all efforts to raise the Angelana failed. Expensive equipment were... were, But... uh, You got it. Expensive equipment was procured and brought... The wreck site on barges. Mm-hmm. Numerous grappling irons were affixed to the hull and cables strung to the four most powerful tugboats on the Puget Sound. As the tugboats powered ahead, the cables were unable to withstand the weight and they parted. They parted. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> nah. Nah, fam. Um, suddenly relieved of, of an enormous oh, burden, no. <laughs> the tugs surged forward, almost ramming into a nearby dock. Yeah, I bet. Wee! Wee! So, Miss Angelana does not want to come back no, up to the surface. She She's good. like, I'm good down here, thanks. <laughs> uh, several more attempts were made to raise the vessel, but due to the water's depth, all were unsuccessful. And a few people actually died. Trying to get it out? Trying to get oh, her no. up. She's not worth it. The most notable was a man named William Baldwin, who was a master mariner and deep sea diver from Seattle. Uh, hard hat divers did not usually go beyond 150 feet because of the terrific water pressure. Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, that's what I would say about a nice hotel. 
This hotel has terrific water pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't rent a house that didn't have it. It's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> like, not what I would describe, like, bone-crushing pressure of water. Like, I would just say, oh, the water pressure is great. Oh, this is wonderful. This is lovely. I'm having a great shower. Why wouldn't they go down th- that far if the water pressure was it so terrific? <laughs> Build a hotel down there, for heaven's sake. They'd have great water. (laughs) Excellent showers. (laughs) So, however, Baldwin had actually made three dives to the Andalana at the depth of 200 feet, which constituted a record for deep sea diving at the time. Don't ask me what the current record is, because I don't know. Probably deeper. Um, I would assume. What is this? 201 feet. Mins. Mins. Um, and you, whoo, the water pressure there. You wouldn't believe it. Oh, <laughs> best shower of my life. Um, unfortunately for Baldwin, the compressed air pump aboard the salvage barge was guaranteed to only deliver pressure of 75 PSI. And 95 PSI was required to ensure the diving suit remained inflated properly at a depth of 200 feet. Uh-oh. Is that enough? No. So the boat can't have enough PSI. Uh, During his fourth descent, the gasket on the pump's third cylinder failed, and the pressurized suit collapsed. And he crashed. And Baldwin was crushed by the terrific water pressure. (laughs) What a way to go. (laughs) What a way to go. (laughs) There's one way to go. It would be with terrific water pressure. Oh, and a really great shower. (laughs) Um... (laughs) A Pierce County coroner jury uh, exonerated Baldwin's dive crew, stating they did everything possible to save his life after the mishap occurred. And it was actually Baldwin himself who inspected the air compressor the previous day. And he was like, yeah, dude, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, he was actually going to receive $35,000 for his daring efforts if the Andalana was raised. It wasn't. It wasn't. He just got terrific water pressure. He <laughs> um, got water pressure to death. After Baldwin's death, further serious attempts to salvage the vessel were abandoned. Uh, there were a few perfunctionary plans to move the ship away from the anchorage, where she constituted a minor hazard, but none of them came to fruition. It was finally agreed that the Andalana could not be salvaged, and she was left to be covered by tons of silt flowing into the bay from the Puyallup River. To this day, the four-masted bark lies rusting at the bottom of Commencement Bay. Oh, my goodness. It's also the final resting place of 17... Oh, man. Or 16 mariners and one dum-dum captain. One (laughs) a-hole. But one of the more eerie parts of the story is that the day... Like, the day before the boat sank, Uh the captain actually, like, commissioned a photo of the crew. And they're all just like, help, send help. (laughs) Um... And everyone in the photo died. Oh, that's sad. Um, before the film could even be developed. Oh, gross. Because remember, it took a long time to develop photos. Like, <laughs> <laughs> took a long time to take them. Took a long time to take them. No, I can't. The boat probably could have sank while they were taking the photo. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where I say tooth abscesses save lives. They do. <laughs> And then also the photographer that refused, the photographer that took the photo, Mm -hmm. from that moment forward, refused to take full crew photos. 
He's like, fuck. He's like, nope, I am not taking oh. a single full crew photo. One of you has to go. I don't know if that's a thing or just for him. I think it's just for him. He's very much like, nope, not going to do it. Yeah, below deck would be Hank's got to leave. Doomed. Hank, Captain Sandy, you're out. You're out, Hank. Get out of no the No one photo. even invited you. <laughs> Trevor, the deckhand, get out of here. <laughs> Ooh, so that is the Never. sinking of the Andalana. Wait a Andalana. Andalana. And thank you to McKenna. Oh, McKenna. Because she sent me a TikTok about it. And oh, thanks, that girl. inspired my story today. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, thank you. Good job. All right, August 16th. On this day, baby. 1501. It's a great year. Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtle, was mm-hmm. awarded the contract to create the Statue of David. You know, for having, like, hooves, he was pretty, pretty oh, talented. Was covered in pizza grease. Oh, well, that'll do it. <laughs> Didn't he only have, like, three fingers? Do turtles have hooves? Oh no! Here we go again. <laughs> I think they do. We, got, we honestly have to do an episode. They do. They about have. Feet. They have hooves. <laughs> they have. Alexa, what kind of feet do turtles have? Here is what I found. According to furryfacts.com, turtles absolutely love little fish, leafy vegetables, dried meats, and shrimp. Is that <laughs> Not what I asked. No. <laughs> it hurt what turtles eat. <laughs> what kind of feet, Alexa? Don't turn your light off. What kind of feet do turtles have? Sorry, I'm not sure about Alexa, that. Alexa, shush. Okay. I'm pretty sure they have hoops. Whatever. Or some 1501. Sort of <laughs> I already said that one. 1691, Yorktown, Virginia was founded. Ooh, Yorktown. Heard of her. 1898, Edwin Prescott patents the roller coaster. <gasps> Which I wow. love roller coasters. I do not. I would not ride one in 1898. I would not ride one in 2022. <laughs> there was actually an accident today at a Legoland in San Diego? Germany. Oh. That injured like 20 people. See? That's why so, don't do roller coasters. You, know, you might be right. Okay, 1930, the first color sound cartoon. Fiddlesticks was released. Fiddlesticks. Oh, fiddlesticks. Was a bunch of sticks fiddling? I don't know. I, I didn't watch so. it. I hope so. 1954, the first issue of Sports Illustrated was released. Yeah. God bless. 1962, God bless. Ringo Starr replaces Pete Best as the Beatles drummer. 1975, Peter Gabriel announces he's leaving the rock group Genesis. And Phil Collins is going to step in and be the lead singer. Uh, and everything was better. And then he will kill it on the Tarzan soundtrack. Oh, Ugh. girl. And then in Nothing 19... but jams. Oh, they all slap. Ugh. 1980, Bill Ward quits the Black Sabbath. Well. It's like a bad day for the music it's industry. It's a bad day for the music <laughs> industry. great because actually Ringo Starr was probably better. Probably. I don't know what the first guy sounded like. And mm-hmm. I know for sure Phil Collins Phil did Collins great. Phil Collins was better. Because yeah. he's a legend. But Peter Gabriel also had Sledgehammer, which is a really good song. Have you Peter ever Peter Gabriel did okay. <laughs> he did fine. He did fine. <laughs> did you watch Emily in Paris? No. Or know who the girl is? Uh, the main girl? I think so. That is his daughter. Oh. Uh, not Peter Gabriel's. I'm like, we've <laughs> talked Collins about, is. I'm like, we've talked about a lot of people, so <laughs> narrow Bill it down. Collins' daughter. I'm like, she doesn't look like a turtle, so it's not Michelangelo. <laughs> it's the David. It's no, the David. no. It's That's all I have. <laughs> Um, I have 1384. Okay. 
Hongwu Emperor of Ming, China. Ooh. Um, well, no, his name's... Oh, no, I didn't read this before. <laughs> <laughs> I just copied and pasted and went forward. Okay. So, his name is Emperor. <laughs> Can't say it. Skip it, skip it. <laughs> He's an emperor. Um... <laughs> Here's a case of a couple who tore money bills while fighting over them, which was equal to the act of destroying stamped government documents. And at the time, law necessitated a hundred floggings. Flogging? That's a lot of flogs. That's a lot of flog. Ouch, Robbers. Um, The emperor decided to pardon them. Oh, that's probably for the best. Way to go, emperor. What if you, like, I don't know, take your... Well, your wallet gets wet. It goes in the washing machine that doesn't exist yet. Wasn't invented by that man. <laughs> hundred flogs. <laughs> and you open it and it tears. A hundred flogs. That's pew, pew. make laminate that. Laminate your money. Laminate the money. Laminate your money. Maybe put it on like a like a thicker cotton. Sure. Just saying. Tree bark. Just no, that's breakable. Uh, 1858, Britain's Queen Victoria telegraphs U.S. President James Buchanan for the first time <laughs> by transatlantic telegraph cable. Beep, boop, bop, beep, boop, beep, nope. beep, Again, it's Morse code. I get those confused. How beep, do boop, telegraphs boop, work? Boop, 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 boop. I don't know. Great. Don't ask <laughs> that thing because she's no help. Um... No, she's trash. 1896, gold first discovered no! in Klondike. in them there hills. Uh, found in Yukon, Canada um, at Bonanza Creek. Bonanza? Bonanza. What a great name for a creek. I'd say so. Mm-hmm. And then in 1969, it was the second day of the Woodstock Festival in Ooh, Bethel, nice. New York. Performers include Santana, John Sebastian, Mountain, Grateful Dead, Mountain. Credence Clearwater Revival, CCR. Janis Joplin, Sly and the Family Stone, The Who, and Jefferson Airplane. The Who? Who? Who was that? Who? Who? Are you? <laughs> who? Who? <laughs> who? Who? <laughs> um, which, if you haven't watched uh, the Woodstock 99 documentary Hunt. on Netflix, very good. Very 90s. Woodstock 99. Oh, do you not know about Woodstock 99? No. Oh, I'm gonna. Oh, don't watch it. I'm gonna do an episode on okay. it. Okay. During a month where I can fit it in. I barely know what Woodstock is. I mean, it was a music festival, obviously. That's basically all you need to know. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> 2021, the first oh. official water shortage declared at Lake Mead. Oh, that's been a year. And we found four bodies so <laughs> year, far. Four bodies later. <laughs> Here we are. Four bodies later. Here we are. <laughs> Uh, that's it. Okay, great. May they RIP. They may. 1899, Robert Bunsen of the Bunsen Burner. Love a Bunsen Burner. I love a science class. Uh, Didn't. My favorite type of burner is a Bunsen. <laughs> I love a Bunsen. Uh, 1948, the great Bambino himself, Babe Ruth. Baby Ruth. 1949. Also a delicious candy bar. Oh, yeah. Oh, girl. 1949, Margaret Mitchell, mm-hmm. who wrote Gone with the Wind. Oh, uh, this one is not true, but I put it here anyways. 1977, Elvis Presley. Wait, still it's not? alive. Oh, yeah, he's still alive. I'm like, wait, how is it not true? And in 2018, Aretha Franklin. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Uh, I have 1888, John Pemberton, American pharmacist, who also invented Coca-Cola. 
which now to With me cocaine. tastes like dirt. Well, put some cocaine in it. That so probably will make it feel better. <laughs> probably make me feel better. Probably make it taste better. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Um, but, 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 1956, Bella Lugosi, who was Dracula. <gasps> Do you know what? I saw his picture and he looks exactly like a vampire. Ain't he creepy? They didn't even need to put any makeup on mm-hmm. him. <laughs> Bella, you good. You good. You, you <laughs> stay in your lane and it's Dracula. <laughs> uh, 1991, Shamu the Whale. R.I.P. Shamu the Whale. I mean, that's the, the saddest one of them all is Shamu. Uh, and 2019, Peter Fonda, American actor who was in Easy Rider. Great. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. I think he's the dad of Jane Fonda. Oh, could be. Hank, don't quote me on that. I shan't. Austin. <laughs> please, please confirm. What did he correct us on? Something. I can't remember. No, but he's back. He's listening he's again. Back. He's back. And we thought we, we, thought we lost him. We didn't do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. 1954. Should have been last week. James Should've. Cameron. The greatest pioneer. <laughs> of the sea. Of the sea. 1958. So great. She only needs one name. Madonna. Yeah, she is. The material girl herself. And 1962. Steve Carell. Do love him. That's all I have. Uh, I have 1975. Taika Waititi. Sure. Born in New Zealand. He's a director of Thor Ragnarok. <coughs> Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. That is an incredible name. Also married, recently married to Rita Ora. <coughs> oh, really? Yeah. Huh. yeah. He's actually quite funny. He also put. if you, oh, have I you seen Thor Not Ragnarok? Okay. Mm-hmm. He plays like the big. Oh, he's, he's in, in a, it? He's in, oh, he directs and he puts himself him. into his movies. Uh-huh. He's like a Quentin Tarantino, but like funny movies. <laughs> and New Zealand. And New Zealand. Yeah, he's New Zealand. He's New Zealand. <laughs> he is New Zealand. He's a kiwi. He's a kiwi. Kiwi. Okay. That's it. Good job. Good job to you too. We did it. We'll be back next week for more. Episode 83. Also, of the sea. tomorrow's my birthday. Wish me happy birthday. Everybody wish Clara happy birthday. <laughs> Not today, but tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Love you, me, bye. Oh, jeez, bye. <laughs>